Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing very well, doing very well. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing very well as well. I was saying to you just now, I've had a bit of time this morning thinking all things Arkham. I've been playing a Finn deck, so I've been fiddling around with that. So I'm quite excited to sit down and record and talk about this game that we both love. Yeah, 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 it's been good, it's been good. And we got to play the other day as well, didn't we? We did, yes. And <laughs> as is classic, classic with us, we had a terrible game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never goes well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely, the doubt is growing in my mind, <laughs> you must think. <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> That was nobody's fault. We we tried the the new Daisy scenario, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without decks, that we, we sort of last minute put it together, really, and then had to mm, bad, yeah. bad luck early on <laughs> and things. I think about yeah. two thirds of the way through, you said, "Should we just call this Peter?" And I was like, "No, no, no, no. I think we can do this." And it turned out, yeah, right. we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> the bit, the killer bit for me. I was playing the Tommy deck. And when Light of a Forgamon attaches to the actor agenda. Oh, yeah. So for people who haven't played Read or Die, it's essentially extracurricular activities. So I don't think it's a spoiler to say it has Light of a Forgamon in it. But Light of a Forgamon says that all damage and horror is direct damage and horror. Yeah. Which means that <laughs> yeah. Tommy's whole thing about killing his soak to get Ame on, on Becky is completely shut down. And I remember yeah, my when heart I... really sank at that point. <laughs> I drew it and I said... Oh, yeah, well, this doesn't make any difference, is it? And just slapped it straight on one of the actor or the agendas. Yeah, like, yeah it took wonder, me about wonder, three minutes. Yeah, I wonder why that's in there. It doesn't seem to do anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it slowly dawned on me after I fired my last bullet from Becky. <laughs> Brutal. So, yeah, so that's, it's always good for us to have had a bit of a pounding in Arkham before we record, because then we approach it with a bit of sort of respect and humility. humility yeah. yeah. <laughs> taking us down a peg or two. So yeah, what are we talking about today, Peter? We've got a specific a specific thing to talk about today. Uh, it sounds like a, a very narrow subject, but I think hopefully as we go through, you'll understand why we've chosen to talk about it. It's mm. an episode we've had in our minds to record for some period of time, right? Yeah, yeah. We return to this topic every so often, don't we? We do indeed, yeah. What we're talking about is three health enemies. Mm. Well, yeah. I guess, to an extent, odd number health enemies, three and five health enemies. Do you want to briefly, because I guess you really cemented this in my mind from what someone else said to you, and do you want to go over that first, and then we'll start to kind of dive into more of the details? Are you referring to Depths of Yoth? Of Yoth. Yoth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't think I've shared this anecdote on the podcast before, but if I have, forgive me and humour me. So at the expo last year in 2019, I sat down with three Arkham Pals to play Depths of Loth, How Low Can You Go? And I hadn't really prepared for it, but I had brought a couple of decks with me, just sort of decks that I thought were good. And one of them was a Silas Marsh deck, and it included 10 XP spent on the Time Worn brand. So I thought, great, I can handle enemies that way. I can evade enemies. It had Traxies, it had Peter. seemed really good. And I was sitting with people who had prepared for going as low as they could, in Depths of Yoth, or particularly one person. And he pointed out to me that the only enemies worth killing in Depths of Yoth, if at all, were all three health or higher. So you had the Broods of Yig, they have three health. The Fang of Yig, they have three health. And then anything higher than that, there's the... Gosh, what are they called? There's the ones that are specific to the scenario. I want to call them Wardens, but I'm not sure they are called Wardens. Anyway, the, all of the enemies are three health or higher, essentially. So Time Worn Brands plus one damage is really not very helpful. Yes, you can kill a three health enemy in two swings, but uh, Vesta was playing Leo with the BAR, I think, maybe the Thompson, and was just set up to, to one-shot all the three health enemies. So essentially, I'd spent 10 XP on two cards I didn't use at all yeah. in the game, and I just evaded. And it was... Um, I thought it was a really good experience to think, wow, I'd put in a card that I thought was really powerful and dealt with enemies in a really good way, and it was useless, you know? And I still could do, luckily, Silas can also evade and things like that. You know, imagine if that was a Yorick deck or something, I'd be really stuck. But 
that made me just think again about how the presence of the three health enemy had really caused a, a moment of pause for the planning of that scenario for some people, not for me, obviously. And three health enemies seem to have this impact that's beyond just a two health plus one enemy, if that makes any sense. So I guess let's let's pull things back to basics. Why are three health enemies worth thinking about? Well, it's exactly what you've you've touched on there. I think that's a really good anecdote. And when you told me, I was like, oh yeah, that is right about Depths of Yoth. But also I understand why it needs to play a part in the planning of your deck. Mm. At its most basic level, if you're just slapping an enemy with your hands, you need to hit it three times successfully in order to kill it, Mm -hmm. which is your whole turn. So if you're just using your hands, doing one damage per hit, it would take your whole turn to kill a three health enemy. If you have any kind of damage booster, so a weapon, any kind of weapon, let's say 45 automatic that does two damage, you'll need two successful attacks. So you're not increasing your your efficiency there in killing it a huge amount. Mm. And you only yeah. have one action to do other stuff in your turn. And you can imagine if someone else has drawn the enemy, you might need to both move to their location and engage the enemy before you attack it. Mm. Uh, so yeah. you're starting to run tight on, on actions in order to deal with these, these enemies. If you yeah. can deal three health in a hit, that's one action to deal with this enemy. So you don't lose your full, full momentum doing other stuff. And you've got the other actions to kind of engage with the enemy or, or, or take it off your allies if you need to as well. Mm, so really, yeah. three enemies, oh, sorry, three health feels at this kind of breakpoint. It's slightly more than most damage boosting offers. Yeah. And it's just at the limit of what would be easy to deal with if you were dealing with an enemy without any weapons at all. It's that pressure point, isn't it, as you said, where... Unless you've got something in your deck that's built around dealing with it, it's going to start putting you through your paces. I think that example you gave of you need to move, engage, and then attack, I really love when you're forced into those quite deliciously horrible situations where the Guardian's saying, well, I can kill it this turn, but do you mind if I attack it when it's engaged with you? And the other player's saying, can you boost enough? And it's like, it it forces (laughs) you to make these... Not necessarily bad decisions, but but at least tricky decisions or put you in pressurized situations where a couple of miss swings or a bad token pull can suddenly really set you back. Because not only have you not killed the enemy, but you've also damaged your seeker or whoever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's worth just saying, if you've only got a two damage weapon, then it might as well have four health. You know what I mean? It might as well have more health than it does, which isn't, isn't yeah. a great feeling. Yeah. Unless you're just, you know, you use your, your damage, your plus damage weapon and then punch them as well. Mm. At which point you're taking more tests again. Yeah. And as we know with weapons, a lot of what weapons do is they add some kind of boost as well as a damage boost. So if you're doing one shot with a gun and then punching, you're maybe, you're, <laughs> you're spending two actions first of all, but you're also maybe losing a boost. So yeah. it makes it harder as it is. Spending more skill cards because you're taking more tests. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I think, I mean, that that other, what you've just said, that if you can't kill a three health enemy in one action, it may as well be four health. Like, if we turn that on its head and say, I'm going into a scenario and I have no solution for three health enemies, what Mm. you're essentially saying is all three health enemies in the deck are getting plus one health. Like, you're giving that as a gift to the encounter sets. Yeah, well, you're either having to deal with them with your with your fists if you haven't got your weapon out, or you're having to swing your weapon twice to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, in preparation for this episode, looked back through some of the three health enemies out there. This is one of the great things about Occam DB that you can search by health and things like that. And it was really interesting to me to see sort of the history of three health enemies in this game. So does the Ravenous Ghoul all the way back in the gathering. So you've got that set of ghouls. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But then there's one ghoul that's a 3-3-3 instead of a 2-2-2. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's not... I wouldn't have ever said that that's a really scary enemy, but it's a bit of a head-scratcher if you don't know how to deal with it. And then the other thing that really stood out for me about the core set was that there are some of the cultists in Midnight Masks that are three health. They're not hard to fight. Uh, It's Peter Warren and Victoria Devereux. They're two fight and three fight. Mm-hmm. They 
both have other ways of getting rid of them. So one of them is an action for two clues and one of them is an action five resources to parlay. So already they pose this thing of can you, if you can generate five resources and parlay quicker than you can to do two actions worth of damage, maybe dealing with Victoria is easier just spending the five resources. And the same with Peter Warren. If you've got a way of getting clues really quickly, maybe you just want to spend two clues rather than fight Peter. Although I still think if you've got a good fighter, probably you just want to kill him as quickly as possible. So yeah, so that that was sort of, um, it was intriguing to me in the core set. And then where I really want to jump to is I think Carcosa, where we have a persistent three health enemy in the man in the pallid mask. Uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. Who's also got aloof, right? Who also got aloof, yeah. So man in the pallid mask is intriguing to me. There's obviously that way you can investigate to get rid of him. So there's an alternative for non-fighting characters. But if you want to tangle with him, four fight, three health, you've got to engage him. So normally it's going to mean moving to his location, engaging, and then final action fighting. And you're going to need a way of doing three health in one hit. And the stranger to me seems to be saying something like, have you not got a solution to three health enemies yet? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) You know, that's the sort of posed, posed question. Talk to me about Forgotten Age. Well, this is obviously where we <laughs> we originally started thinking about this because mm. there are so many snakes. There's yeah. broods and fangs and the Brotherhood cultist. Yes, yeah. You've written it's in our show notes, <laughs> Frank. This is like Welcome to Three Healthsville. Yeah. yeah, that's what it felt like to me. I wonder if it contributes to people's impressions about Forgotten Age being difficult. Mm. That there's a plethora of irritating three health enemies. You know, the broods aren't too bad until your vengeance really spirals. Yeah. But the Brotherhood cultists, every time you attack them, you put a doom on them. Yeah. So if yeah. you can't one shot them, you're making the second test harder for yourself. And that, yeah, that's really intriguing to me. That's a, I think the Brotherhood cultists are quite a mean three health enemy. Well, interestingly, this this ties into, I think, well, we'll talk about in a bit, uh, is that fighting isn't the only way to get with enemies either. So mm. you could see that there's a there's an action-efficient way of, of dealing with three health enemies that isn't fighting them twice. And one of the oft-cited themes of the Forgotten Age is evasion and not mm. killing enemies. And, and obviously vengeance ties into that as well. Potentially the three health enemies tie into it as well. Maybe the better way to deal with them is not to fight them. Spend two mm. actions fighting them. Spend one action to evade them. Yeah, and even yeah. if you spend two actions to evade them uh, over a couple of turns, is that better than having spent the two actions to fight them? Mm. I was really scratching my head about that. Obviously, you have to factor in all of the different things we've said so far about can you do it in one action? How how easy or not is it? As we'll talk about in a moment, if you're really breaking your back to deal three damage in one turn in one action, maybe it is much simpler to just evade. Uh, I think about someone like Finn, who I've been playing again recently. You're you're even getting a free evade action. So that seems to have basically no cost baked in, as opposed to finding slightly more complicated ways of doing three damage in one action. Yeah. Strikingly as well, the Brotherhood Cultist isn't alert. Brood of Yig, not alert. Fang of Yig, not alert. So they're really sort of saying like, yeah, evasion works really well on us. <laughs> I think yeah. they're three or two evade, all of them. I noticed that in Circle Undone, there were far fewer three health enemies. There's the Shadow Hound, but it only has two fights. And then there are some scenario-specific three health enemies, like the Lodge Jailer and the Vengeful Witch. But I wondered if maybe in Circle Undone, there's just fewer enemies generally. I think I need to check and see. There there are some... Chunky enemies in that scenario, especially especially near the end. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think it's right to say that there's no there's enemies with more than three health that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So you definitely want tools to deal a lot of damage to an enemy. Yeah, potentially just kill an enemy. Mm-hmm. Well, and you were saying at the start, you know, five five health is the new three health. Yeah, um, the piper takes that and says, "Well, actually, seven health is the new five health." And, and um, the dancers as well. And the dancers, yeah, with their six bite. <laughs> mm. 
Mm. And then I just noticed in, in Dream Eaters as a small observation that Kamanthar and Nashed in the very first scenario are both three health enemies. They're both aloof as well. Obviously, they have parlay abilities to get rid of them. But if you're that fighter and you're ready to go, pretty much first or second turn of the scenario, you're confronted with two, three health enemies. And it's in a location that damages you every turn you stay there. So again, it feels to me like Matt Newman slapping down the gauntlet of, have you thought about how to deal three plus damage (laughs) per action? Yeah. Um, Which I think is quite nice. And the other interesting thing about the Dream Eaters is that it gives us this new enemy keyword swarming mm. which which really shakes up how we look at some of the weapons as well yes uh, I'd, yeah. I'd feel naked not going into a dream eater scenario without someone carrying a dynamite blast or a storm of spirits or something like that absolutely some, some grenades and yeah the, the machete maybe doesn't look quite as appealing if you're in a swarm heavy scenario mm-hmm. yeah i mean swarm i think is one of the topics that got us talking about three health again mm. because you might be essentially facing a three health enemy, but it's just in three separate One parts. Health. Yeah. <laughs> so again, you know, when looking at a swarm of one health enemies, if their total health is three or more, that to me is making me think, okay, well, what am I, what's my solution for three health enemies? Because if I start punching these one by one, it's exactly as you described, that whole turn's worth of actions of slowly chipping away at one healthers. Yeah, I really like how Swarm takes some of the damage-dealing maths and shakes it up quite a lot. Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to see Swarm reappear in, mm. in future scenarios because I think it's such a good tool for shaking up how you deal with with enemies. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's quite thematic as well, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. a good way of representing. Like, it, It's a shame that, you know, say the Swarm of Rats doesn't have Swarming. Yes, because uh, it could have been yeah. a quite a compelling enemy like that, and it it can tie in really well to your progress in a scenario. Imagine if like the Forgotten Age had a, a nest of vipers that had mm. swarming for each uh, vengeance in the victory oh, display. Yeah, that would be horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just can I say this actually as a little side note as well? On a recent Matt Newman and Jeremy Zwern interview, I think it was maybe three ago or at least two ago, it wasn't the most recent one. They talked about how they didn't want to overload any given campaign with too many new rules. But they also talked about how the rules they add, they kind of have them on a roster and they want to sub them in and out. Right. So we got alert for the first time in the Forgotten Age and then they might not add alert I mean, there is alert in the Dream Eaters as well, but then there might be a, a campaign where they don't bring alert in. Yeah. Alert's maybe not a great example because it seems so important with you know alongside Retaliate. But say Haunted, Haunted's a better example. Haunted was there in the Circle Undone, but then there's no Haunted in the Dream Eaters. Yeah. And it's not that they won't ever do Haunted again. It's just that they're benching that rule for a while and then they'll bring it back in a later campaign. I thought that that really intrigued me. It reminded me of... Keyforge and the way that they can bench factions and then bring them back for new cycles. You know, they, they've, they've got this freedom. And rather than thinking of the rules as just a pile where they add more and more onto the pile, it's more like they can remove things from the pile, give them a break, and then bring them back. Anyway, I just, that made me think, you know, we might not see swarming in the Innsmouth conspiracy, but that doesn't mean that swarming will never come back. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, we've talked. A fair amount now about... Hopefully we've convinced people there are lots of three health enemies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's something worth considering when you're building a deck. I guess the next question is, what are our options across the factions to deal with them? Mm. Uh, and you very kindly sent me a list. Yeah, a couple, a couple of different lists we've, we've sort of built up. And to an extent, it's, it's, it's hard to nail down, in a way, exactly the tools you've got in faction for dealing with them. Hmm. So let's pick, I mean, Seeker. Let's look at Seeker first. Yeah. So just dealing three damage to enemies, we've got Acidic Ichor. Or, yeah. Uh, do you say, is it the correct pronunciation, Ichor or Ichor? I think either is fine. I Good. say Ichor, but okay. what do I know? Well, this is why I always ask you with your, your <laughs> classical education. <Yeah. laughs> Acidic Ichor. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> we have it's a side hike. A side hike. Uh, and then uh, I've got a plan, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Which is is relatively easy to get to th- at least three damage because mm-hmm. uh, that's dealing plus one damage per clue. So two clues, that's then three damage. Mm-hmm. The Ikko is just straight up three damage. Yeah. For a charge. You've noted down blood rights, which do two damage. Yeah. You'd need two blood rights, obviously, to do, to do mm-hmm. the two damage, but they can be a good automatic third damage. Yeah. Uh, if you're if, doing if the two yeah. yeah. If someone else has dealt two damage, you're blood right for the last the last point of damage, or the last mm. two points of damage if they've done one. And I just want to throw in there as well the ancient stone knowledge of the elders. Yeah. If you've got any way of drawing three cards at once or controlling how much you draw, ancient stone can be really useful as well. I think I've actually used cryptic, cryptic research, research yeah. and ancient stone to kill a three health enemy. Just feels really good. Th- those I feel like those extra charges on on ancient stones, unless you're doing the full on is it Minfinity stones? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> build, yeah. Those extra charges are good for that, for filling in odd, odd points of damage. Yes, yeah. If you only need a one point of damage, you can get that in upkeep as well. So that's actionlessly. Yeah. If you're willing to take the hit, or someone's willing to take the hit in the enemy phase, then in upkeep you draw a card, spend a secret from the ancient stone, and. Dead, your three health there. And then also, I would like to mention the disc. Disc of mm. Zamna. Yes, Zamna, yeah. Which can discard an enemy at your location. Uh, it doesn't defeat the enemy, and it has to be played when you, you spawn it. But I, I just wanted to get this idea that the, sometimes the ways of dealing with the three health enemies aren't fighting the three health enemy. Yes, yeah, I think good to emphasise and great to note the disc as well, because I think it's a fairly rarely played card, but we know that Harvey Walters' deck is having a level zero version of it. Yeah. So that could be I just I should try and pick that up for my, my next playthrough of, um, sorry, when my Circle and Un deck gets mm. to the end of the cycle, actually. That would be really good to have. <laughs> for the Mindless Dancers, right? The Mindless Dancers, yeah. Mm. Yeah, really useful. And, you know, throw in there as well Mind Over Matter. Then, if you're a seeker yeah. and we and you think, right, what I really want is evasion on one of these three health enemies, a mind over matter is probably your best bet, unless you're Ursula. Uh, Malison can shuffle them back as well, right? Yeah, Malison can shuffle them back. Good point. So, in, in seeker, really, we, we don't have a lot of tools directly for dealing those those three damage hits. Two of those are upgrades to untranslated or unidentified cards, right? Mm, yeah. It's, so, scenario one, you're going to be Stuck. Yeah. You know, I've got a plan. Great card. Relatively pricey. Um, and you need clues, which might not align with how you're playing your scenario. Mm-hmm. So there are other tricks in Seeker for dealing with those enemies. And I, I think that was one of the things we wanted to stress here, that sometimes dealing with a three health enemy isn't dealing three damage to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's really good to do is to compare... I guess the level of commitment, the level of, of investment of actions you've got to do. Like we said earlier, if you spend two actions evading a three health enemy over two turns and then get away from it, that's potentially as good as attacking it twice with a machete to deal to deal four damage or, you know, hitting it twice. Yeah, absolutely. Agility dependent, of course, but, you know... Maybe you're not committing anything to evade, but to land the hits, you would be committing something. You know, all of that stuff is worth factoring in. Absolutely. So, should we jump to mystics now? Oh, I was. Yeah, let's let's do mystic. No, no, no that's go. fine. Yes, that's do, yeah. let's do mystic. Fine then. <laughs> so, what leapt out to me here about mystics was until very recently, it was all higher XP cards. So you've got shriveling five, which does three damage per hit. You've got Song of the Dead, which does three damage if you can pull a skull. So that's very build dependent. Yes, and it actually that's that's gone up in value a little bit more recently. Mm-hmm. Now we've yeah. seen like Jacqueline and some of the other cards that can yeah. play with the bag a bit more. But yeah. yes, it's still not it's not it's not ideal, is it? The the problem with Song of the Dead, of course, is that if you want to deal three damage to an enemy, you want to deal three damage to an enemy. You don't want to sometimes deal three and sometimes <laughs> deal one. Yeah. That's exactly the challenge. If you end up dealing one with the Song of the Dead and then you're having to shrivel, you're saving a shriveling charge, but you're in that two-action position that yeah. you didn't want to be in. 
And then also there's Storm of Spirits level 3 that does 3 damage to everything. You mentioned Storm of Spirits already as a great Dream Eaters selection. And I think Storm of Spirits 3 has been one of the kind of clutch cards for me playing through Dream Eaters. Because just when the situation feels really bleak, you're like mobbed by cats from Saturn or whatever it is. It just does so much work clearing out locations. Yeah, people obviously saw me using Storm of Spirits 3 on my way through Think on Your Feet as well, with some some negative side effects. Two damage per bad token is pretty scary. So yeah, there are spells there in Mystic at higher XP that will help. And then in Dream Eaters, we got Spectral Razor. Yeah, it's a really good card. <laughs> yeah, it touches on a lot of what you've mentioned as important around three health. So you get to fight and add your willpower to your skill value, but immediately before the attack, you can engage an enemy. So it's giving you the action to engage as well, baked in. And it deals plus one damage or plus two if the enemy is non-elite. So things like Broods of Yig and Brotherhood Cultists, Ravenous Ghouls, they're all non-elite. So you get three damage in one action for two cost. I think it's a really useful card for bearing in mind for those three healthers. Yeah. The fact that it doesn't give you three damage against elite enemies makes me think it's almost the perfect tech card for your sort of more standard three health enemies because you don't want to save Spectral Razor for the big boss fight because it's not going to help you as much. I mean, it's still fine to keep, but you want to use this as your tool for getting rid of three health enemies mid-scenario. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, you've also mentioned in, in, in our list, you, you've noted down Banish and Mists, mm-hmm. and I guess yeah. maybe Ethereal Form sits in here as well. Yeah, Blinding Light, potentially. Blind Monster. That's another one. Yeah, yeah, Blind <laughs> Monster as well. Well remembered by me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which can turn one action for an evasion into an enemy effectively being permanently evaded. Mm. Yeah. If you were going to use Willpower to evade the enemy again, you're essentially not needing to do that if you can just pass the the non-action willpower test of checking whether or not the enemy readies. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Another card that maybe doesn't see too much play. Again, only non-elite enemies. Yeah, okay. But then again, I think the three health enemies we want to deal with are potentially, and most of them, are non-elite. We've got a handful in there that are elite, but not too many. I count, yeah, 12 or 54 across the game. But a lot of those are the special elites. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. So there's this this, um, balancing act for Mystic, I think. High XP spells, apart from Spectral Razor, or using your evasion and all of the different things where you can use spells for evasion and use your willpower there. They seem to, I think they're quite nicely balanced in how they have options to deal with three healthers. Your note on Shriveling 5 there reminded me how much the, the high XP right of Seeking, how much I like that. Mm. Just finding three clues with one action in certain player counts. Three player. Three yeah. player. <laughs> or potentially in, I think in one player, there are some three clue locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on, on rare occasions, probably not enough to make it worth taking the card. But, yeah. but in three player, it's just like any... One eye or two eye location, it's just like right seeking, right seeking. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. I'd say it's one of, like, up there is one of the few cards that has a specific player count it really shines in. Yeah. You know, even even something like Lone Wolf that's so amazing in solo can still be used in other player counts. But right of seeking four to me is just bananas in three player. I've run it for quite a few times. Yeah. So, yeah. What faction do you want to look at next? Uh, should we jump into Guardian? Mm-hmm. Because they've probably got the most tools to be dealing with three health enemies. Most As direct tools. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about the standard deal three damage to an enemy type tools first. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, you, you take over because I know you like talking about weapons. <laughs> Especially the big guns. Well, what leapt out to me on my little bonus damage list is that they've got a level zero weapon that does three damage a shot which is the new winchester they do yeah which does use ammo does use ammo surprisingly so even at 
level zero, potentially they could be doing three damage in one shot with, you know, you don't need any other support. You just have this one weapon. You need to pull an Elder Sign, a plus one or a zero for that to be happening, however. So it's not guaranteed. And then the other thing about the big guns is you have things like the flamethrower that does four damage in a shot. You've got the BAR that we've already mentioned where you can control the damage. So you can do three ammo to do three damage. And you've also got the lightning gun that does three damage per hit as a standard with plus five combat for it, which is pretty nice. And the shotgun as well. You can, as long as you can succeed by three, you can do three damage. So yeah, lots of weapons. I should also note as well that the Springfield is a three damage per hit weapon, but you can't use it to attack enemies engaged with you, which maybe if you're trying to save actions against the three health enemy is no bad thing. You know, that you move to a location where there's a three health enemy engaged with someone else, shoot them in the back with the Springfield. Maybe that's 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 quite an appealing weapon in Depths of Yoth then. Depths of Yoth even. Yeah, potentially. I mean, people have long complained about the Springfield. It's only 3 XP now after it's been tabooed as well. So, yeah, it's kind yeah. of intriguing to me. So I think that's all the big weapons, or the majority of the big weapons. Yes, and I think Guardian does have a lot of tools for some additional damage. Uh, vicious Blow, jumping out straight away. So Vicious Blow level 0 can turn any 2 damage weapon hit into 3 damage, which is probably the most common use of Vicious Blow. Mm. Yeah. Vicious Blow level 2 can do the same with just a, a regular punch, but often used, say, Vicious Blow for those hits against bosses. Yeah. When you need to do 4 damage, do a lot of damage in a short period of time. And then there's also, there's a few uh, Beat Cop level 2, mm. one of a staple Guardian card, one of everyone's favourite Guardian cards, first upgrades. Yeah. That is able to do... Tesla's actionless damage to enemies at your location. So that's for A, killing whippoorwills, and B, turning two damage into three damage. Yes. Yeah. The number of times I've tapped Beat Cop to kill off an odd health enemy yeah. after hitting it is probably innumerable. And worth noting there's other things like Alice Luxley now as well, of where course, yeah. if you can get clues, it can turn that into damage. All of the times where Guardian have those little pings of damage, you know, also mano a mano, say, every little ping could be the the third point of health on a three health enemy. Yeah. We should have mentioned this for Agnes when we're talking about mystics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If she shrivels even with a level zero shriveling but draws a special token, it becomes a three damage hit, kills off an enemy. It's super strong. Yeah, no, very yeah. much so, yeah. Yeah. Worth noting in Guardian, then, if we're talking about specific investigators, Zoe has extra damage with her Elder Sign, and Mark Harrigan has a signature that allows him to move damage from him to another enemy. And I particularly like using that, where you're shooting a three-health enemy and you commit the home front, so your two damage from your Colt or your forty-five automatic turns into three damage, and it's a one-shot kill. Yeah. Seems really good. And Zoe can use her, her cross. And she's got her cross, good point. Which is which is an absolute godsend if you're fighting three health enemies mm. because you just use a machete. So you engage, get don't get a resource, get a resource, spend a resource, use a cross for one damage and then two damage from the hit. Yeah. So you know if if her signature said you, three health enemies have two health, <laughs> yeah, you think yeah, oh yeah. that's quite a good signature. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think what we see with Guardian is that a lot of their ways of dealing with three health enemies are about compressing actions and doing three damage in one go so it's about action efficiency in that way they're not necessarily leaning into some sort of evasion trick or another way around it they're taking the most direct route i'm going to do this damage as quickly as possible but they also have some other tools and tricks that would help them with three health enemies so one of your favorite cards peter historically yeah. I mean a card you've taken the time to write an article about i did yeah yeah i wrote an article about taunt Mm. which uh, was one of the first things we talked about and, and kind of collaborated on, really. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you helped me edit that. But yeah, Taunt, you know, way back when, I would always think, oh, Taunt, this card is always turning out to be a lot better than I thought it was going to be. 
Mm. Because it does that thing that gives you actions right when you need them most. Mm. Yeah. So many times you'd be looking at a board swarming with enemies and just saying, oh, if only I could just engage all these enemies, then I could start to deal with them, or at least soak up the hits rather than the, the squishier people in my party. And Taunt does exactly that. I mean, we had that situation playing Read or Die Yeah, just just yesterday. It was it, yeah. You drew plenty of enemies and I was the guardian and I just wanted them on me. Yeah. Because even if I wasn't going to kill them, at least they could hit me and you could get on with your turn. We didn't have a very straightforward way of doing that. And Taunt would have been really helpful at least twice. So, yeah. And then there's also Heroic Rescue, level zero and level two, where you've got another option of pulling enemies onto you actionlessly. Slightly different from Taunt that you take a hit, but it's another way of attacking three health enemies and it because heroic rescue also deals a damage yeah you might want to take the hit to turn a three health enemy into a two health enemy setting up a single action kill which is really nice as far as i'm concerned absolutely yeah this card might as well read play when your friend is engaged by a three health enemy (laughs) yeah 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 and the level the level two one gives you that flexibility with the move right Yes, yeah, because it can pull them from connecting locations, so it's just super good. So I think what I really like about what's in the Guardian suite for dealing with three health enemies is not just that they have the damage, but also that they can approach the problem of three health enemies by getting action efficiency around the engagement or around pulling enemies onto them. If you combine that in Mark, say, with a shortcut or with a safeguard, they can kind of save on the actions moving around and save on the actions engaging so that they can then dedicate their actions to the killing. And that seems to me really important for Guardians that have the time to do that. I think it's the same way where, say, a Pathfinder in Roland, you zoom into a location that has the three health enemy without spending the action, so you've got more actions to actually deal with it. Speaking of actions... (laughs) We're going to look at rogues next. We should, yes, yeah. They've got quite a lot of nice damage events which can mm-hmm. directly deal damage, including at least one that deals three damage, Yeah, which is Backstab. Now, Backstab, often known as the kind of the, the perfect combo with double or nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does just deal three damage le- at level zero. Yep. So it is a really good card just to keep around for that exact situation. Yep. Costs three. Maybe now in the world of Spectral Razor, I'd prefer if it cost two. But yeah, three cost, and you get to use agility instead of combat to fight, and it deals three damage. It's very nice. If you're a rogue, two copies of Backstab could be your solution for three health enemies, all the way through a campaign almost, where you just you have Backstab and you save it for a three health enemy you need to get rid of in one action. Obviously, if you're a high agility rogue, I should <laughs> hasten to add. Maybe not if you're Preston. Or, or maybe Tony. you're just Tony. paying to boost. Or Tony. Yeah, absolutely. They've also got a weapon that does three damage per hit, which is the Chicago typewriter. Four ammo, and it's a four XP. So there's potential there for spraying and praying and dealing with three health enemies in single hits. But sorry, I drew us away from other events with damage because there's also things like small favor that can do single points of damage, or Sneak Attack that could do two damage, and then Coup de Gras that can do a single point of damage. So maybe you you combine a, a weapon that's giving you two damage with one of these events to give you the final damage. It's not the most efficient, but it's a sort of way around it being two actions, one with a weapon and one with a punch. I think one of the most interesting cards for me on this list is the Garot Wire, mm. which... I don't know. I think it came out at a time when we were sort of starting to talk about doing this episode a bit more. Yeah. And it fits in so well. So just in case people don't don't remember, Grot Wire has free trigger. Uh, during your turn, Exhaust Grot Wire fight gives you plus two combat, but it can only be used on enemies with exactly one remaining health. Mm. So it's the deal the finishing blow to an enemy and is just tailor-made for uh, odd health enemies. Yeah, you just polish them off. Yeah. It's got a nice boost. You know, it, it goes, it counters that problem of if the final health is just a punch, because it's giving you a nice plus two. And it's also no action. Yeah, yeah. So it tacks on the back of an attack with any other weapon. Yeah. 
and and deals that that extra damage. I mean, like Leo can take this, although Leo likes having on those big guns. Mm-hmm. Tony can take this, although Tony potentially wants to be doing his last damage with uh, with something with his guns to get bounties back. Yeah, but still, I think it's it's just a really nice flexible tool for dealing with three health enemies. Yeah, I think so too. And if your way of dealing with them has been, you know, a sneak attack first or something like that, then this is still, it still saves you the action for the third point of damage, which I think is what's really important here. That you can turn whatever the first two damage into a three damage actionlessly. Yeah. Yeah. So I find it's interesting it's an accessory as well. Why are you wearing it around your neck? I suppose it's... <laughs> good, good question. I suppose it's an accessory because it's not something that, like, fills your hand. <laughs> right. Right? I guess. You don't want to have more than one. You could garrot someone while also holding a gun, right? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I'm not an expert. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those garrot wires that's like fitted to sort of a wristband or something like that. <laughs> so that you just need one hand to pull it out. It pulls, it's already, pulls yeah. out of the, the, the little um, winding knob on your watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there's also there's I mean there's other things in Rogue as well. We we weren't planning to be completely comprehensive, but there's the Lupara. If you on the turn you play it, it does three damage per shot. Very useful. There's Delilah now, Delilah O'Rourke, who you can pay to do damage with as well. So she's another uh, testless way of doing that final point of damage. Or you know with Delilah in Tony, you could use Delilah first to do the first point of damage and then finish with the guns, yeah. which is quite nice the bounties she's kind of the beat cop of of rogue really yeah absolutely the expensive beat cop of rogue (laughs) she's so expensive yeah and then finally in rogue there's also evasion yes such a big part of the faction and what a single action to evade a three health enemy that's not going to hunt probably more efficient than almost anything else we've described so far well exactly yeah um especially if I guess one of the cards you haven't you haven't noted down specifically is is Hatchet Man. Mm. That ties in really well here. So you can you know use use an action to evade it and then attack dealing two damage, which becomes three damage with the Hatchet Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still two actions, but but uh, you know potentially you've got other stuff triggering off that evade, or maybe the evade action is easier to come by if you're in say Finn. Yeah, yeah. Or just maybe actions are easier to come by in Rogue. Maybe that's another way that they can deal with three health enemies, that they just have many actions. Yeah. So it doesn't tax them as much. Because that, I mean, that's actually reminding me way back when we talked about the idea that if you draw two three health enemies, it's six health worth of enemies in front of you, but you can't kill them with a machete in three swings. Yes, that's right, yes. That's the kind of other classic three health conundrum. Whereas if you have four attacks because you're a rogue, <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. It's not necessarily efficient. It doesn't but, leave yeah. you an action to play um, Let God Sort them Out. <laughs> yeah, maybe you need to garrot one of them so you've got the spare action to allow God to sort them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then on to Survivor, I guess. There's just a few cards to mention here. I mean, Survivors have lots of the tools to, to, to trick their way around problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But specifically three damage, I think we've got Old Hunting Rifle, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's a three damage weapon. Brute Force. So that's, every faction has a three damage weapon, which I think I'd sort of maybe known, but not thought about too carefully. Or you know, even Seeker have the I-Core. Yeah. yeah, yeah, true, yes. Oh yeah, a three damage thing, Yeah, which, yeah, at a higher level, it's kind of striking to me, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, Flare, which is... Is three damage, but then exiles. Mm-hmm. Brute force, which I, I really like those cards. Yeah, uh, brute force yeah, is a really nice card, really good. And, and sharp vision. I think are both really nice cards. Yeah, really good, really good. And then lots, lots of evasion tricks. You know, in Rita especially. Mm. And Rita has her one point of damage as yeah. well. Yeah, which you know, it's exactly what we've talked about. You know, dealing that odd point of damage, mm-hmm. even when you evade, sets up a kill. On a subsequent turn, far better. Yeah, precisely. And talking about Rita reminds me of the neutral weapon that's worth noting, which is the ornate bow. Well, I was going to say we've saved the best till last because ornate <laughs> bow is just infinite ammo, three damage. Mm-hmm. You're still taking two two actions to kill enemies. 
Yeah, to load the bow and then to kill. Load the bow and then to kill. But it's got lots of advantages in that you don't have to take that reload action when there's when there's an enemy on you. Mm-hmm. You can take it at any point and store up that action for when the, the three health enemy appears. Yes, yeah. And it's only a single test. Mm. It's easier to pass one test than two tests because Absolutely. you put everything you would have put into the second test into the first test. And it gives you... Does it give you a stat boost? It's a plus two. Yeah. To your agility. So... For people who can take it, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's also combos with some stuff like haste. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, you can two do like actions. Yeah, you can do like reload, shoot, reload. Yeah, uh, for two actions, or or shoot, reload, shoot. Yeah, or if you've done some trickery, like can't, can't Ventura load up the bow yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> the Skidzo tool green arrow deck yeah. with <laughs> ornate bow and Ventura. Kind of silly, but good and probably me. with haste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Super good. <laughs> yeah. Turns into Legolas, lightning fast. Super good. Yeah, but I think it, it, it's it's nice to have a. I was going to say solid bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Call back to a different game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nice to have like a really solid weapon, neutral that almost all the investigators can take, even if they mm-hmm. can't use it too efficiently. Which does does three damage on demand. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I've just thought of something else that does three damage on demand that we haven't mentioned: dynamite oh. blast. <laughs> yes, of course. We've mentioned yeah, that yeah. for swarm, but not for guardian. Also, have an option if they're really mobbed by three health enemies, which is to light the fuse and chuck it over their shoulder. And quite often, you know, you'll have some two health enemies and a three health, and then you leave that one the one damage. And that's when you use your beat cop or whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood right. So that's a bit of an overview. Like One of the things I actually enjoyed about this thinking about three health enemies is first thinking, wow, I've not given them enough attention, and then thinking all of the factions have pretty good solutions for them. Yeah. It's just worth bearing in mind those solutions. And in much the same way that if you go into scenario and you've not packed anything to get clues, and assuming solo here, you're going to be in trouble. I think in a similar way, if you've not thought about enemy management, you're going to be in trouble. And if you're thinking about enemy management, you may as well spare a thought for those enemies that have higher than two health and how am I dealing with them in an efficient way. Yeah, and, and in fact, a lot of what we talked about were, uh, applies to one health enemies as well. Because the last thing you want is for, on a turn where you're swarmed by enemies, some of these tricks help you deal with one that might have appeared that has one health. Mm. The classic whipper will. Yeah. Just making all the rest of your fighting harder. So, yeah. oh, if only that whipper wasn't here, I'd be two up on this test. Uh, well, you know, if you take the, <laughs> the beat cop or Delilah or something like that, then it just, just kills it instantly. Yeah. Um, and then you can deal with the rest of the enemies. And well, I think... To rot a whipper will straight away... Yeah, <laughs> this horrible image. <laughs> to um, to 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 kind of pull the the camera back a bit, I think what we'd like, although we've talked about three health enemies specifically here, I think it's worth applying this to, you know, to to other types of card as well. Thinking about the efficiency of your actions. Mm-hmm. I know deduction two is an interesting comparison to vicious blow level two. Mm-hmm. Deduction 2 has always been something I've tried to pick up really early. But actually, if you think about it in certain player counts, it's I, I don't play much solo, but I can imagine in solo, deduction level 2 is maybe not worth the four experience to grab two copies of it over deduction mm. level 1. Uh, deduction level 0, sorry. Yeah. Because yeah. You don't, you're not faced with too many occasions where you have three clues all in the same place. And if you're, if you're playing, say, two-player or three-player... Well, three player is great because picking up, picking up three clues in an action is great. But is picking up all but one clue from a location useful? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. <laughs> mm. Yeah, if you were going to then have to investigate again anyway. Is something else better? Or are you better combining it with a card that automatically finds a clue? I think a lot of what we said about damage also pl- applies to finding clues. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The, the difference there, of course, is that clues are dependent on player count and three health enemies don't care about how many players there are. So yeah, that it gets more complicated with clues, doesn't it? Because everything we say for solo doesn't really apply to three or four player. Yeah, because the the numbers multiply. So yeah, I, I think it's a good point though in terms of the efficiency of things. And I think you know when we are playing together, 
that's normally one of the calculations that's kicking in for us. We've got six actions together. How do we best optimize those actions? And if we can avoid moving unnecessarily, engaging when we don't need to engage, things like that, we're saving actions that then can be used towards advancing the act, whatever it is. Well, I think that brings us more or less to the end of our thoughts about three health enemies. As ever, if you have thoughts about three health enemies, listener, please let us know. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Twitter and Facebook. We're also on Patreon and Designed by Humans. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am uh, United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on uh, Discord and Twitter and Instagram as the.unitled if you want pictures of cats and warhammers. How about you, Frank? <laughs> Very good. I'm FB on Twitter and FEB on Instagram, and I'm around the place as Zooey Glass and Sozo. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. I'll just say, if you leave this in, Frank, Frank's giving me the one with all the hard words in it. Okay, I'm going to... Right. In a rear vestry room beside the apse, Jared Duvies found a rotting desk and ceiling-high shelves of mildewed, disintegrating books. Here, for the first time, he received a positive shock of objective horror. For those titles of those books told him much. They were the black, forbidden things which most sane people have never heard of, or have heard of only in furtive, timorous whispers the banned and dreaded repositories of equivocal secrets and immemorial formulae which have trickled down the stream of time from the days of man's youth and the dim, fabulous days before man was. Jared had himself read many of them, a Latin version of the abhorred Necronomicon, the sinister Liber Ivonis, the infamous Cult de Gaulle of Comte d'Erlet, the unaussprechlichen Kulten of von Juntz, and old Ludwig Prince Hellish de Vermi Mysterious. Smashed. How did I do? Is that okay? That was so good. Is that from? Is that from? Um, hang on. It's the the. Is it the Haunter in the Dark? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, I like that one. Actually, it's a good one. It was then in the gathering twilight that Phil Dubay thought he saw a faint trace of luminosity in the crazily angled stone. He had tried to look away from it, but some obscure compulsion drew his eyes back. Was there a subtle phosphorescence of radioactivity about the thing? What was it that the dead man's notes had said concerning a shining trapezohedron? (laughs) 